Well, they say love thy neighbor, and I sure do. In this episode of The Idea Fountain, we'll talk to music marketing boss in the game, Kristen Frazier. Our view of neighborhoods and neighbors is more important than ever since we've all been together during COVID-19. Kristen Frazier is not only a friend and someone I really respect in music, but she is my neighbor. We'll talk about the power of local when it comes to music marketing, how to get involved in community, and resources you should know about, like the rules of foraging fruit in Los Angeles. I really appreciate you listening to The Idea Fountain and sharing it with friends. The initials of The Idea Fountain are IF. So many people think I would only do this if, or if I had more money, I would... On the Idea Fountain, we use these conversations as tools to get past the if and connect to our purpose. Thinking about if, if things go back to the way they were tomorrow before quarantine, would you want it to be exactly the same as it was? Make sure to hit the follow button on whatever service you're listening to the Idea Fountain on. If you write a review or rate the Idea Fountain on Apple Podcasts, it only helps get the word out to more people. So I really appreciate that. You can also find all episodes and sign up for the email list at juliepilot.co. Hang out at the end of the episode. I have a challenge for you this month. Let's see how you do. I-D-E-A. F-O-U-N-E-A-I-N This is the Idea Fountain. Life-changing conversations. Thanks for hanging out for another episode of the Idea Fountain. This is so fantastic. Every single month, uh, we have a chat that connects to purpose. And usually I fill my house up with people I love for the fireside chat and conversation. But now in COVID time, we are on Zoom, but we still have quite a crew and and quite a squad hanging out with us and a few people still even chiming in. So um, what I'd like to do is I would like to welcome our guest today and kick off the conversation and then bring everybody else into the room also. Um, so without any further ado, uh, today we've got Kristen Frazier from Pivotal. Kristen, Kristen is a music biz boss in the game. Her past history includes uh, spending a lot of quality time at places like Def Jam. She was officially Beats fam. Uh, I really appreciate and think of you, Kristen, as a thought leader. I love how much work you do uh, connecting people and speaking and talking about the uh, ever-changing landscape of music. And then on top of that, you are just one of the brightest lights I know. Always bringing good energy into the room. And you're my neighbor. Thank you for having me. I I, I think it's so great. So uh, in this episode, we are actually going to talk about neighbors, neighborhood, local, and community. It's really fascinating fascinating what's become the most important during October, right? Um, uh, Before we uh, kick into the conversation, let's bring everybody else into the room. Um, Probably the furthest neighbor or member of the Idea Fountain community on the call, Alyssa. Yes, hi, Alyssa Gillardi here tuning in from Philadelphia. Hello. So happy to have you. And how about Kat? Hi, I'm Kat, and I'm about five blocks from Julie. And uh, I brought my band on the call with me. Benjamin and David Henry are both in my band. Oh, that's nice. awesome. So nice. lots of uh, physical neighbors and music community. Laura. Hey, guys. I'm Laura, and I'm joining from the Bay Area. Yay. Also, former Beats fam, Dan. Hey, I'm Dan, and I'm about, just figured out I'm about six minutes walking from Julie. So we are <laughs> pretty close neighbors. We share the same Starbucks. Yes. You live, you, live, you, live, you live very close to Kat. Uh, Nomi. 
Hello, I'm Nomi and I'm tuning in from Los Angeles. I'm not Julie's neighbor, but I live like probably 10 minutes away from her. Okay. Chewy. What's poppin'? Uh, I'm your neighbor. I'm like maybe five minutes away walking. Uh, having time myself, <laughs> having time myself. Uh, I'm very well, slow. What's funny is you probably live four blocks closer than Dan. Say. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Straight up, it's gonna take me a minute. It's gonna take me a minute. I'm like, I'm on my way, but you know, it's I'm I'm gonna get there when I get there. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Chewy Martinez from LA, man. Born in Echo Park, raised in East LA. Went to Phoenix for high school and college, and then came back. All right, so glad to have you in the neighborhood. And I feel like I need to give a special shout out to the Green Table because all the people that are physically my neighbors, we all are in a con constant like radius of walking up to the green table to get smoothies and stuff like that so i see chewy and Kristen up there all yes the, the, the tonic if you ever feel like under the weather go get that like little orange bottle the little yellow bottle take one of those and bing bang pow done probably kill you'll, you'll probably kill corona too just drink <laughs> a couple of those <laughs> all right benjamin hey everybody i'm benjamin i live about five feet from Kat. In fact, I can hear myself through the other room. Um, I'm originally from Boston. Kat and I moved out here uh, two years ago. So thanks for having us. And thanks That's for having awesome. me in here. Welcome. And David. Hi, I'm David. Um, yeah, I moved here uh, just about two years ago. Myself as well. Live in uh, Culver City now, pretty close to, to Kat and Ben. And uh, yeah, excited to be here. And Profit. Profit, hold it down for K-Town, Los Angeles. All right. So it's so, great, it's so great to have everybody. And there's a lot of people on the call that are connected to interesting resources for the neighborhood. So we're, we're definitely going to get to some of that in a, in a minute. But first, Kristen, tell me, how has your view of your neighborhood and just your neighbors in general shifted during this COVID time? And I think it's actually, I've, I've gotten to know my neighbors because <laughs> I think everyone's like so in and out and busy quite often that this is the first time that I feel like I see people every day. I like know their, you know, their, their kind of day to day. I go for a run, I run into somebody, we catch up on something. Um, I've known a couple of them, quite a few that are, that are in my building or right across or down the street. Um, but now I'm getting to know the families in the neighborhood. I get to see how everyone's kind of dealing with COVID. There's some families that have put like a uh, bounce houses in front of their house, in their houses just to keep the kids busy. I walk by, say, hey, see how they're doing. Um, it's really been a really cool experience. I mean, you really don't pay attention all the time to your neighbors. And as someone, I moved here from New York. And in the city, you, don't, you can live two feet from somebody and not, not ever see them. I'm like, I feel like this is the first time you get to like, Get, get people's patterns and get to see how people are doing and just have time to sit around and kind of catch up. So it's been really cool. Yeah, one of my favorite things has been uh, going through the neighborhood and seeing all the dads playing with their mm -hmm. kids like before yeah. dinner, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. you see a lot uh, of families out for their walks and it's really beautiful. You're like, I didn't even know you were down the street. <laughs> You're so cute. How um, comfortable do you feel or have you gotten to the point that you lean on your neighbors? I remember like growing up, you know, there was that old like cliche that you could borrow a cup of sugar from a neighbor and stuff. Have you found yourself like actually engaging in that way and building those bonds? There's a couple, there's actually, I think Chewy's in your building. You might know Anthony over there with the dogs, but we have usually, this is not even during quarantine, usually we have, you know, opposite of the street parking in front of my neighborhood. And my guy, Anthony, holds me down. If I get out there late, he'll write a little note on my car saying, sorry, my engine's out, <laughs> please. And it's on my car. My engine's out. I can't move it. Please don't give me a ticket. And they'll miss me. And he's like, I saved you. So like we have, you know, we take care of each other if you need something. Um, my landlord downstairs, they become like family, her and her family. So like, so yeah, I do have a couple neighbors that we can kind of just say, hey, I need some help, or hey, if you need anything, let me know, you need a ride somewhere, things like that. But slowly, slowly happening more, because there's, I mean, you guys live in the same neighborhood. A lot of people are moving in, there's a lot of construction, so there's have to be a lot more people over here. So we'll, hopefully there's some good people that'll come in the neighborhood. Yeah, uh, you know, I mentioned, Kristen, you being a thought leader and such a bright light, one thing that really impressed me is how um, 
quickly and how much you activated uh, around the protest mm -hmm. and being involved in the Black Lives Matter protest. Um, talk to me about your feeling of where the protests were happening in Los Angeles in different neighborhoods, right? And how that resonated. And like, there was a lot of talk of how different it was this round than like around the Rodney King riots right. and like, Right. Like, I mean, I'm not from LA, so, but this is where I feel like I've become, has become my home more than, I, I'm from South Florida. I moved to New York. That I had a great community there, but you're kind of always in transit in New York. In LA, I feel like this has been, I have a neighborhood. I have that kind of sense of community, like this is home and, you know, and understanding just from seeing and learning more about the, the riots back in the day, it was always in lower income neighborhoods and you know things were being broken up in their neighborhoods this was the first time i think people rallied around and said hey no you can't ignore us and say you're over there we're coming where you are and you have to pay attention to it so i mean that was the beauty of it and i think also going to the rallies and seeing or the protests and seeing so many different kinds of people was a really beautiful thing usually it's kind of okay that's segmented over here but i felt like it was extremely diverse a lot of people being vocal a lot of people white hispanic I remember the, the first protest I went to, there was a whole, mar a whole uh, dance being done by, it was like Native Americans for Black Lives. It was just beautiful and it brought a lot of people together. Um, there are the things that happen like riots and things like that, but what I feel like people said this time was, you're not gonna leave us in for, to fend for ourselves, you have to pay attention to this, so we're coming where you're gonna have to pay attention. So it was, it was I found it really beautiful. There's a lot of things that happened out of it that are definitely scary. Um, and the one that happened kind of close on Fairfax near our houses actually brought me and my neighbors together. We were all outside talking on the patio saying, hey, make sure to stay in. The curfew's going on, like kind of just making sure everyone was safe and protected. Um, but I think it was uh, this time all around the country, people made it so you couldn't ignore it and that you had to pay attention. And that was the great yeah. thing. Yeah. And uh, I, I love how like this whole concept of neighbors and neighborhoods and community and local. Uh, mm -hmm really all intersects. Mm -hmm. You have worked in music for so long. Uh, will you talk about the importance of local for music and the artists you work for um, or work with, like from a brand perspective, how important is local? Local is important and, and local, I think local to wherever that artist is from. I think there's, it's an importance across everybody, but especially in like the black culture, like where are you from and where you represent is so important. Um, and so local music is the start of all the things everyone else hears. You know, you, we kind of go through these little sectors in music where it's like, oh, New York hip hop, or it's Atlanta, or it's the Bay, or things like that. And that all started from local forms of music. You, we all know it because someone made it, it became a thing somewhere else, and, and it became something that built in that neighborhood and community. So local music is really important, and paying attention to what the local community is doing is extremely important so you know kind of what the next move is and you can understand that things are changing and where they're going if you don't kind of pay attention to that and you only look at the the top tier you're gonna be the last person to know what's coming right and it's gonna feel pretty foreign to you but local music is local music is world music it just everything starts locally I listen to a lot of Afrobeat that's a local music to someone but it's now a global music to all so it has to start somewhere first what advice do you have for artists who are starting out and their goal may be, I want to be on the Rap Life playlist or New Music Daily? Like, what do you think the best route to even start local? Like, how do you put a taste in their mouth to understand what that means? Oh, I think it's important. Well, one, I think you have to build your fan base, right? You don't have to be the person that has a million followers already, but followers are important these days. Uh, but the music is the most important. But I think it's a matter of finding the, in normal times, the local performances you can be at, kind of getting yourself in the door in the places that people will pay attention and making those local connections and relationships where people start championing, championing you around you and your community. You know, I think a lot of times, a lot of times when someone's new, especially in hip hop, you're like, oh, this guy's new from, I don't know, pick a city, St. Louis, and St. Louis, he has got St. Louis on his back and people love him there. You have to get your community behind you because that's how people kind of start paying attention and saying, hey, there's something going on there if everyone's kind of surrounding and championing, championing that person. Um, and it's really just kind of pushing your music out there, trying to connect the dots with who 
it doesn't have to be a huge music exec, but just getting people that will have your back and push your music for you. I mean, we have social media these days, and sometimes it's a matter of, I learned a lot of music from my friends saying, hey, I'm listening to this new kid, or things like that. If you have people kind of attaching themselves to your music, that's how it kind of gets out there. And when people see someone that I think they're talented, and there's a group of people behind that that feel that way as well, especially from their own community, the, the rest of the world kind of takes notice, or the rest of the community takes notice. Yeah, there's so many easy ways to connect too, right? Like you have been very focused in giving back to the community. Absolutely. And uh, I joke a lot, there's that old cliche, like 90% of it's just showing up. Mm -hmm. um, will you talk a little bit about like community organizations you've just shown up at and like mm -hmm. what that experience and that connection has been like for you? Because I think there's a lot of people you mentioned us being really busy and moving too fast and not even have time having time for ourselves, right? Yeah. And I think there's people that want to help, but they don't really know what to do or where to start. Mm -hmm. What's your experience been like? My experience has been great. I think you can't connect with the, the place you are, like the, your community, just by doing all the, the fancy, shiny things. Like you don't really connect to community until you've been to the heart of all the things, good, bad, beautiful, ugly, all that good stuff. And honestly, Julie, you, when I was over at Beats, you provided so many different opportunities for us to connect with community. Julie was always sending out, is always, I'm sure, sending out emails. These things are going on. These organizations are here. And I learned a lot about the, lo the, the local community and organizations through, through some of the things that you did children's uh, place, things like, things like that. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Uh -huh. It's called home. There's another place called children's place that I work with too. But I think, um, it's been, that's how I feel so attached to this place, I think, because I don't like to go too long without doing something that will benefit those need, whether it's giving back, whether it's feeding, feeding or clothing or things like that, or just even just going somewhere and listening to the people that are having issues in certain places. It's like, you can't really, how do you fully attach yourself to a place if you don't know the scars as well? Um, and I think doing things in the community is really important. I love, I have a huge passion for children and education. So those are some of the organizations I like to draw my attention to and, and bring my friends and, and, and kind of community to as well. So I do a lot of research in that space, like, okay, what is needed with who and how can I, is it, do you need more bodies in the room? Do you need people that are experts in certain areas to provide some kind of information or education tools? Is there it just a matter of do you guys need help building or painting or something like that I think education in every community really starts with the children for me I think that's what the future is going to be so I spend a lot of time researching and trying to spend my time when I do have it to to like give back to the community and start with the children because I think that that's always like a really important place to um to start I do a lot of um I try and bring, I feel like my working in music, you're supposed to, you, your whole job a lot of times in marketing is to get everyone on board for something. If it's a song or an artist. And I feel like if I can do that with music, why can I do that with things that are necessary and needed? So I tend to spend a lot of time trying to create these moments of, okay, it's the holidays. What are we doing? If you guys can come to this holiday party, you guys can give back X, Y, and Z. Or, you know, like, I don't, I don't think we should, I think, you know, we do a lot of the fun stuff. And I think, like you said, a lot of people want to know where to, give back. And so I just try and do like you, I think, Julie, is provide opportunities for people to give that energy somewhere. Well, I mean, truthfully, I do it for all selfish reasons, because it's a little <laughs> secret. I don't think most people know that when you show up somewhere, like a place called home, how much you actually get out of it. Oh my God. And I have been so fortunate in my lifetime to have so many great experiences, especially working in music and entertainment, right? Where, you know, you got to go to the biggest concerts or sports events or things like that. But seriously, what I hold on to and what I remember and the times I've laughed the hardest mm -hmm. is like Kristen, when you were down there with me for Halloween oh, and like you were doing face painting and, you know, the kids painting, by the way, guys, but they let me do it every year. I'm <laughs> and like, and like they, they, they had me put on makeup like a zombie and I was in this like Halloween maze and I lost my voice from scaring the crap out of small children as they like, came around a corner going, ah. <laughs> yeah. Children will give you so much perspective and there's so, there's so many different causes, especially in LA. We have a huge problem and things like that and so there's like no shortage of things you can be doing to help but I always have a great time with the kids especially at a place called home same thing I think they had me scaring kids one year too and I left 
exhausted, but like completely full of joy at the same time. Like that was the most fun I've had forever. Um, so I, I mentioned that we have a few different resources on the call that I wanted to tap into and also open up the conversation to the group. But um, I'm gonna throw a couple fun facts out there for things that I think anybody can think about and resource in their neighborhood. Um, for our core group that lives kind of in mid-city, like I found, uh, and again, it might be on pause because of COVID, there's actually a really sweet community group called Neighbors United. And they meet once a month, you know, pre-COVID at like Claude Pepper Senior Center. But it's all the local uh, members of the community get together and the police come out and speak and talk about what's been happening in the neighborhood. And you actually get to know the police. And um, you know, all these things you were talking about, like whether it be construction or you know, if something happened, they discuss it. But what I love so much is there are so many people in our neighborhood that have lived here for like 50 years. Yeah. And will arm wrestle people for a stop sign. And it's just yeah. that opportunity to get together and know them. So I wanted to shout them out. And then in almost any community, there is a buy nothing group. Has anybody ever heard this? Is anybody in a buy nothing group? Mm -hmm. All right. Okay, so you can search online. This is a little secret. And I can add anybody that's my neighbor into my buy nothing group on Facebook. And it's really just a resource and you will be absolutely blown away. Instead of people throwing away things they don't need, they'll post it in the buy nothing group. You know, like I need to put, I don't know why, we got a panini maker. We don't need that. <laughs> so I'll put it in the buy nothing group and it'll be a total Yo, up for something. I got dibs on that panini maker though. Like I think I, I think I think I need that. I think I need that. <laughs> well, you know what? This will be an idea fountain special. One time oh. on, it's all yours, Chewy. Hey. But seriously, I had a major oh. come up like a couple weeks ago. Somebody was moving, and so they were getting rid of all their wrapping paper, all their gift bags, like candles. Like you don't know how fast I went over there. It's not. It's not about like your status it's about like not wasting resources and stuff too it's really interesting so seriously if you search online there are buy nothing groups everywhere but i'll add you guys all to my little buy nothing group in this That's area awesome. there's a bunch um, of stuff i'm gonna get rid of so please i would like to oh yeah yeah absolutely um speaking of not wasting resources i'm gonna call on nomi because she's got a really interesting perspective. And as I've got to know her, Nomi is a really brilliant musician, but uh, also really passionate about foraging, right? And like fruits and orchards in the community. Uh, Nomi, will you talk a little bit about like what you want people to know in LA and feel free if you wanna shout out CropSwap too. Totally, so growing up in LA, um, I noticed that there's obviously a huge homeless community. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I also noticed that there are fruit trees everywhere that are just kind of going to waste. Like you see the fruits falling or you see that some are too high for people to pick. And even though the fruit tastes delicious and some of them are super expensive, like figs and pomegranates, and they're growing everywhere. I mean, on every block, there's some sort of fruit tree that you can pick from. And yet they're going to waste. And I was like, something just doesn't really add up here. We have this homeless population who could use it, yet nobody's using it. So um, I started like this page called Foraged Fruit, just to show off like fruit that I pick around town. And what I started realizing is most people didn't notice fruit trees. Most of my friends didn't. So I started learning the laws so I wouldn't get in trouble or make anybody upset. And what I found out was actually really interesting. If there is a fruit tree, in that, um, like in that section of grass between the sidewalk and the street, you're allowed to pick fruit from it. If there is a fruit tree going over a fence or going over an alley, and the alleyways in LA are packed with fruit trees, especially if you drive through Beverly Hills, like Avocado Central, it's amazing. Wow. Um, yeah, so you can do that. The, I, I have one rule where I won't pick from a tree if it only has a couple of fruit on it because then you know that the people living there are using it. But if it's abundant, like go for it. So I started working with this organization um, 
in Skid Row, they actually have a rooftop garden up there. And what they do is they grow food to donate, um, to donate it to homeless people. And they basically create meal packages. So now every week, like because of Instagram and because of social media, I'm now connected to all of these musicians and artists reaching out to me being like, hey, I saw all these fruit trees in my neighborhood. So every weekend I like to go and pick them and then deliver them to my friend who will then turn them into meals. But you can also share them with neighbors. And so there's this like amazing app that I now work with called CropSwap. So if you have a tree or if your neighbor has a tree and you want them on the app so that you can barter with them or trade or, or pay them for their fruit, half the time they'll give them for free. And in West Adams, like right now, there are like a ton of Concord grapes growing. So highly recommend because I know some of you are around there. Um, so you can download the app and trade with neighbors. And it's just a really cool way to to be a part of the community and meet more people and also feel like you're giving back while tasting some really good Well, and, and I don't want to put you on blast, but we talked about it a little bit too. Sometimes as a musician and artist, it can be difficult to promote yourself, right? And I think as an artist, it might've been easier for you to talk about things you were passionate about or things that you wanted to change in the community rather than listen to my song. Is that true? Yeah. I mean, I hope people listen to my music for sure, but I'm not going to talk about my music. Like I make it and that's it. And like, let it go do its thing. Like, and I think, I think being able to promote something bigger and hoping that I end up making a difference that way. I hope my music makes a difference too, but like being able to see the food make a difference in people's lives every day. Like I, I used to get sick once a month. I was on antibiotics all the time and I read a few articles that if you eat hyper locally grown food that it's good for your microbiome and your gut health so I was like you know I'm gonna try to pick something every single day and I did that for the last year and I haven't gotten sick once knock on wood COVID stay away um so I think that everybody should be trying to do it and if you guys want to go foraging with me you are more than welcome anyone is always invited and it's it's really fun so yeah those tree pickers aren't as easy as they look, but she's a professional. <laughs> yeah, thank you for having, by the way, just shout out to Julie because she invited me over last week and we picked probably 40 pounds of oranges and lemons and donated them to homeless folks on Skid Row. So you're awesome, Julie. Uh, and to be clear, there are, are no fruit treats at my house right now. This was uh, like another situation that I just, there's no citrus here yet. Um, and I'm so, I'm so with going to Beverly Hills and stealing from the rich and giving to the poor. <laughs> so if y'all want to do that on a daily, I'm with that because they have enough. They have enough. So I want to go look for some avocados with you for real. Like I'm so with that. Let's do it. I'm Sunday, so Saturday, I'm around. I'm happy to. Let's do it. Cool. No, Chili's uh, tacos have never tasted so good. <laughs> Did you say something, Kristen? Oh, no, I said, Chewy, I'll meet you outside on the corner. We can head on over. <laughs> yes. And um, another topic I'm really passionate about, uh, and we actually, the first ever episode of the Idea Fountain was about this. It's a, it's a, it's a concept called time banking. And um, it, it's a system built off of reciprocity that everybody has value. And an hour of my time is worth an hour of your time. And uh, that's why Alyssa jumped on today to talk about something that is coming really soon. Let them know about Ying and how they can, how they can get involved. Yeah, absolutely. So um, like, Julie said, um, my name is Alyssa. Um, I'm representing Ying. So Ying is a app that will be coming out, hopefully cross fingers um, in September, all goes well, we'll be launching. Um, and essentially, um, like Julie said, is what it's going to do is allow people to find ways to sustain themselves without having to think about the dollars that they do or do not have. Um, it's really a platform to give people an opportunity to use the skills and talents and services and things that they, they naturally have and kind of almost barter with them um, instead of having to worry about, I don't have enough money to pay for the logo that I need designed. Essentially, you could go on this app and look for a graphic designer, request that, um, that task, and then you can say, okay, if you graphic design for me, I can do this, this, or that for you, um, and not 
feel like you can't get something done or you can't do something because you don't have money. Um, so it really is turning your time and your talents into your currency, um, which can be very, very powerful, especially in, in a time like this where people are just looking for different ways to sustain themselves, different ways to put themselves um, on a platform and, and give their skills and their talents to the world. Um, so yeah, we're working, we're working very, very hard on Ying and you can follow us on Instagram. Um, you can also go to yingme.co, so Y-I-N-G-M-E.co. Um, go to our website, check us out and definitely RSVP to the waiting list. So you'll get put on our newsletter um, and kind of be kept in a loop and, and consistently updated as we go through the motions of getting ready to launch this app for everyone to use. Um, and a, a really cool aspect of it is that when you go on, you can, you join in a village is what we're calling it, like our virtual villages. So for example, if everyone here in your neighborhood that everyone has here, you guys could all go on and create that virtual village and invite everyone from that neighborhood to join that virtual village and then skills share within that virtual village and really track everything um, that you guys are exchanging, skill sharing, and everything within that virtual village. And then you can connect to other people in their little virtual village. Um, but it's really cool because it's really just a place for, um, for skill sharing and for exchange without having to always think about a dollar or having money or not having the money. Um, yeah, and it's really turning your, your time and your talents into, into your currency. Well, and the thing that I love about it is it's not a direct barter. Like, it's not me saying, Laura, I'm going to do this for you. What do you want from me? It, it's really, um, like, for example, like, let's say Kat was a part of Ying. Real life, Cat's uh, going to help me out this weekend and feed my cat and water my plants. And so um, she could, you know, potentially rack up, like, four credits. And that's, then let's say uh, Chewy wanted to learn how to play the bass and Cat's in a band, he could go over and take bass lessons from Cat, and now like she's got six credits, right? And then maybe she wanted to know like just how her band could get more followers or get on a playlist. She might use an hour of that time credit with Dan who's a boss in the game music manager to pick his brain, right? And so it all starts working together and it really just leans into the concept that everybody has value. Um, I, I, I have a question for the group. Uh, before we officially started recording, we were talking about how much the neighborhood is changing, right? And I was saying um, this area, Faircrest Heights, um, which Los Angeles Magazine did name uh, once as a top 10 neighborhood in Los Angeles. How about that? Uh, um, it, it really is changing. Uh, how does that make people feel? Like, what are the good things? What are the challenges? What should people keep in mind as the city is constantly changing? Kristen, do you have any thoughts to kick it off? Um, I think I, when I came over here, I really loved that there are, like you mentioned earlier, people that have been here for 30, 40, 50 years. I love that feeling. I love, that's what makes it feel more like a neighborhood. But I also understand that there's got to be newness and, and new people coming in. And I'm a new person, essentially, over in this neighborhood, even though I've been here just a few years. Um, what makes me nervous is the big buildings, right? Like, it takes away that homeliness of this area. It feels, everything's pretty, since when I moved in small building, if not home, and it felt very, very neighborhood, but the large buildings make me nervous in terms of the, you know, the practical things like parking and stuff, but also just keeping that neighborhood -y vibe and not making it feel like just a packed city people in and out. And I don't want to, you know, I like the connection that we kind of built in this time frame. So hopefully it still feels that way. Um, and things don't feel as, you know, just kind of like madness. <laughs> I guess. So that's the only thing that makes me a little nervous. I'm like, oh, all the buildings that are going up are going up high and they're, they're going up big. And, you know, it's, it's impossible to know all those neighbors. So you just want to make sure that you, hit, you still have a sense of feeling like that neighborhood vibe and that the people that have been here forever and this has been their home aren't getting pushed out because that's what happens quite a bit. And, and when you start realizing, oh, that neighbor's not there anymore, it starts feeling a little like this neighborhood doesn't feel like the neighborhood anymore. So it's not fully there yet, but I'm scared of that coming, um, even though change is always essential. Yeah, 
Anybody else have any thoughts on that? Just to kind of add on what she was saying, just like when, when, you know, I've been living in this neighborhood for almost 15 years now. So I've kind of seen the change, you know, on Pico. Uh, I think a lot of times when people are displaced and the neighborhood starts kind of missing and losing some of the essence and some of the culture that kind of built it, Mm. Uh, you know what I'm saying? When it starts, when it starts losing some of that, that's what I have a problem with, you know, like, cause I got my barber down the street. I get my fried fish down the street. You know, I get my chicken and waffles down the street. Like none of that better go anywhere. Cause I'm for sure. I'm, I'm, there's going to be some problems. There's going to be some <laughs> problems on Pecan Fairfax, mm -hmm. but yeah, like I just, I have a problem with a lot of the, you know, of course, a lot of the people getting displaced. I have a major problem with that. You know, when you see, when you see the, when you see the big buildings going up, you know automatically that rents are going to go up. And hopefully a lot of the people that have been in this community for a long time don't get affected, uh, affected negatively, you know, so hopefully I pray for that. The same. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good thought. And I think sometimes people take those things for granted, right? And it's really more important than ever, you know, if there is a barber or a restaurant or a crystal shop or a dance studio that you love to support them and help spread the word, right? Because it's just not a guarantee that they're going to be there forever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have one more question for Kristen, but does anybody else want to chime in and say anything else about uh, just neighborhoods or connection or like things they've thought of during how much everything has changed during COVID? You, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead, brother. Go ahead. Oh, uh, I was I was going to comment on what, but um, by all means, if. Uh, Would you say Benjamin? I'm sorry, it cut off. Oh, uh, I didn't want to interrupt Chewy, but I did want to piggyback off of something he said. So I feel relatively new here, right? Kat and I moved here just a little over two years ago. And one thing that I try to be cognizant of is that I worry that I might be part of that, like essentially gentrification issue. Um, and so I try to think about what I can do, how I can contribute and participate in the community here so that I'm not contributing to that um, problem. And other than shopping locally, I haven't really felt like I've been able to become a part of the community because I want to tread lightly. Um, I don't know if that's valuable at all, but thought I'd offer perspective of someone who kind of just got here. Yeah, I think, um, I know I moved to this neighborhood four years ago and showing up to those Neighbors United meetings really made a difference because there are just so many sweet, you know, I mean, I hate to say sweet old ladies, but sweet old ladies in our neighborhood, right? And like to be able to get to know them and it's so powerful to be able to know somebody by name on the street or like mm -hmm. them at Bonds and, <laughs> and connect. I think, I think that all matters. And just like energetically, as you're spending time walking through the neighborhood, not being afraid to say hi to people. And even though we're, we're all wearing masks and stuff. I think it all matters so much. Right. Like, say hi. Say hi. Don't take a picture of me and put it on the Citizen app. I live in this neighborhood. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm, I'm from here. Like, yeah. I've been here. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. But say hi and smile. Yeah. There's a beautiful, it's a random story, but there's a kind of a scary but beautiful moment that happened during quarantine. Um, there was a, a, an older man, I think he was, you know, homeless, but he was on the street kind of walking around. And I think someone got nervous and called the cops on him. I think, I don't know if he was in the, what he was doing or to make everyone alarmed. But when the cops came, it was, I really enjoyed, this is why I was like, I love this neighborhood. Everybody came out of their houses to make sure, one, he, you know, they treated him fairly. I don't know if you were there, Chewie. I, I remember just being outside. I was there. Me too. Yeah, I was there, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we were asking the cops questions and everyone was like, He's not doing, he's, he's clearly not in a mental state that's right, so let's make sure he goes to a hospital and not to, like, the whole neighborhood was out there making sure that he was treated, everyone was, you know, he, he was acting a little erratically, but everyone was like, let's all agree that he's not going to be put in jail, that does nothing for him, let's take him somewhere that's needed, and it, when I tell you, like, the entire corner was outside making sure to speak to the police, to make sure he was treated fairly, to make sure he got to where he needed to go, I thought that was, like, was one of the most awesome days in this neighborhood, I was like, these, we all really, really care, and it wasn't about get him out of here is like, how are we going to make sure he's taken care of? And mm -hmm. I thought that was one of the most awesome days in this neighborhood. I was yeah, like, we, was, outside we, and was on the same page and was making sure he was safe. 
we were definitely out there. And I was like, well, 40, 45 cops for one guy and two helicopters for one guy. I was like, wow, okay. Is it, are, are the LAPD bored? Do they get too much money? Like, what's up? Like, do we got to change some things? Like, uh, <laughs> so in the whole topic of like defunding the police or taking some of those, that, those billions they receive every year and kind of like funnel that into like more community-based, you know, programs, I'm all up for that because I was like, one gentleman needs help. He doesn't need 40 oh. police officers around him, you know, and two helicopters. Like, damn, like what's really going on? And what I will say about that day too was it was the neighbors that have been here forever and it was also like some of the newer neighbors. I feel like everyone was out there was on the same page of let's do this right. <laughs> let's not, you know, let's make sure he's safe. And, and the neighborhood was just wanted to make sure everyone was on the same page and it was really nice because I felt like that was the essence of this area. Yeah. And you, and you have to, and you have to, I'm sorry, Julie, no, like no. when you, when you, when you brought up the riots, I was, I'm here, for, I was here in LA for the riots and this neighborhood was really heavily affected by the riots. Mm -hmm. Like this, the supermarket right here on Pico and Fairfax was almost looted. Like they had to, they had security guards on top of the roof and they had people in the parking lot. Like the buildings across the street from that bonds were all burning, burning to the ground. And police officers had to protect the huge oil rig that we have here on Pico. That's mm -hmm. on peak. That's on. We have a huge oil rig that's covered by a fake building here, right on Pico. Oh, so wow. the, the there was. They said that there was like about fifty police officers guarding that building because they had to protect the oil rig. So this this neighborhood has seen a lot over the years. And when when I recently when they were recently they deployed the National Guard here and we saw the National Guard rolling up and down the street. I had a flashback because in I hadn't seen the National Guard in a neighborhood since 92. When my mom saw the National Guard rolling through our neighborhood, that was, her, she automatically said, I don't want to raise you in Los Angeles anymore. We are leaving LA. So like when I saw the National Guard, rolling through our neighborhood, I was just like, it was like PTSD, homie. Like, I was just like, what is happening right now? And seeing the tanks and seeing the machine guns, it was like, ah, I immediately texted my mom. I was like, mom, it's happening all over again. What do I do? She's just like, pray, mijo, pray. It's like, damn, it's like, yeah. So it's, this neighborhood has been through a lot, y'all. <laughs> I think you feel that in this neighborhood. Sorry, I didn't know we're going on tangentially, but like, you feel that in this neighborhood that it's, it's, it's a true Los Angeles neighborhood that's been here for a long time. So like you said earlier, Chewy, Chewy, like you want people to, to come in and move in. And again, I'm a new person here too. But you like, the reason we came here is because of this essence. So hopefully it just remains a little bit the same, you know? Did yeah. you just combine our names, Chuli? I like that, <laughs> Julie. I like that, Julie, Chuli. I like that, homie. I like it. <laughs> I'm just freestyling here, you know? <laughs> you know, I, 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 wanna, I wanna bring up one more thing about the neighborhood and Dan, I'm gonna call on you. And, uh, it is, I talked about this in the last episode and these things may seem small, but they're important. Dan, um, will you talk about the experience you just had? I don't know if anybody else has noticed how many butterflies are in our neighborhood. Oh maybe my God. Were, maybe they were yeah. always there. Yo, maybe yo, I just saw there. like five the other day, bro. So I said my grandma and my aunt, so they tell, are they here? Are they here? Like what's going on, yo, that's beautiful. What's and, up with the butterflies? Well, it, it really has a lot to do with planting milkweed, which anybody can do at their house. But Dan, will you talk about what happened? Yeah, I mean, I, it, it's a strange concept. I'm wondering if I never just took the time to notice before, because out of nowhere, it's just every moment, every day, I'm seeing um, butterflies everywhere. But um, I was given a pupa. How do you say pupa? Pupa? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Keep up. yeah, from our mutual friend and um, my daughter, who's five, is obsessed with butterflies. And he gave us one and she she grew it. Um, it hatched. Um, it was the craziest experience. So I was like texting Kojak and Julie the whole time because the butterfly wouldn't leave. Like it, it was staying for a really long time. So it was like jumping from like our bush to the flowers to here. And like after a while, Kojak was like I'm a little worried because normally... It would fly away, and Julie, yours said yours flew away, and um, but ours stayed for a while, like a good half the day, and then I swear, Julie, you're gonna think I'm crazy. I see that butterfly often. I see it. It comes and visits still, but um, yeah, it's like a really cool concept where um, just in general, like this whole conversation. I've lived in the same house for 14 years now in this neighborhood, and um, just I have three kids, so between 
school and work and baseball activities, we always use the back, like because our cars are parked in the back, so we go in and out the back the whole time. But now we're using the front yard, you know, and we're, and we're hanging out in the front yard and we're meeting all our neighbors that, you know, we never really had the time to, to get to know. And we are the, the family out in the front playing sports and baseball and stuff in the front now too. But yeah, just, it's a weird concept of like, has it always been like this? Or are we just finally now getting the chance to really take notice of these things and stop and meet our neighbors, see the butterflies, the whole thing. So this is a really cool concept. Do you know that Dan and I hiked together for three years up at Runyon Canyon and it wasn't until COVID we found out we live walking distance from each other? Yeah, we, we, now we walk in the neighborhood. You know, now, we used to both drive how far? 30 minutes to get to Runyon or Fryman and now we can walk the neighborhood. So, yeah. Listen, y'all could have been walking up and down Crescent Heights same time. Y'all could have just went over here with... Coming jogging with you, you gotta be right here. Going to, run, going, going, going to Runyon for that photo photo op. I know why you're yeah. going to Runyon, y'all. Get that photograph. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Kristen, another thing that was really important to me was, um, you know, just with the way things have gone in the last six months, like, you know, when there are people that you respect and admire or uh, really are a light in this world and you have a platform and a community like the Idea Fountain, the whole concept of passing the mic. And as we wrap up, I just, I, I want to hand it over to you and um, you know, would love to hear a little bit about what you want people to know, what's important to you right now. And, um, you know, just uh, anything, anything at all. You could even tell us a song we should listen to. Oh gosh. Okay. So let me think now. I think what's important to know, I'm having so many conversations, especially with friends all over that are, you know, either live by themselves or, or going through something. Cause especially in the past six months, people have lost work or are, are so unsure. And I feel like I just been telling everyone the same thing. We're, we're all in the same boat and, and one it's scary, but just know that we're all kind of going through the same thing and that we're all we're, right now. It's like probably the first time in all of our lives that we just don't know. Right. And we usually have planned so much and we still have so many plans and things like that. But there's like a little bit of a beauty in that. It's like, well, now that that's there, we don't know. Let's get to the truth of what you want and what, what if things went back to normal tomorrow, do you want to go back exactly how it was or are there new, new things you want to pursue? And I think everyone's in a place of just like confusion, a little bit of fear, a little bit, a little bit of excitement. And just know that you can't make it just wholly, like we're all stressed out, but just know that everyone's in the same boat and check in on the people you love, check in on the people you haven't spoken to and, you know, we could probably all offer each other something, whether it's an ear or connect. I have a lot of people looking for work and I'm just trying to connect everyone I can and we can all offer something. Um, but just know nobody's in this alone. We're all in the same state of who the heck knows what's going to happen tomorrow. So let's just try and keep it as try and keep it as positive as, po positive as possible as, as you can. But on those days that are a little scary, don't be scared to reach out to people that, you know, that can be, be an ear or just kind of soothe you a little bit because we're all we're all in it together. Yeah. yeah, it all matters so much. I mean, it was funny putting together this episode. I was like, neighbors, is that a weird topic? But it, it really does matter so much. And I feel like the luckiest person in the world to have this crew of people that literally live walking distance from me, right? Like how awesome. It's like 10 times better than when I was in junior high watching Melrose Place. Like what a cool crew. And then also, you know, to really think of that aspect of community on such a larger scale, even if it's being connected by social media, right? It's all community and it all matters, helping and championing others. So, yeah, thanks to everybody who showed up today and the conversation. And um, uh, Kristen, I'm, I'm so happy you're my neighbor. Uh, I am so happy that we get to go to the green table. We've never gone to a wash together. That's my other favorite restaurant. Anything else you wanna shout out in the neighborhood? Oh gosh, uh, shout out, well, we, we said green table. I would have said a wash too. Um, my two cents, so it's not too far down the street. I love me some my two cents. Penguins for the fried fish. Uh, <laughs> we have a lot of great stuff, kind of a distant walking distance. Um, so I don't know, get out and walk Pico. There's so many great little local spots still there. And so if you 
I like to kind of go out and discover. So I do love me some A-Wash though. And I might want to have to do that today. <laughs> I might need to get some dinner now. Um, but yeah. Chewy, I feel like you're going to throw in a couple food recommendations to close us out. Oh yeah. If you want some uh, Weeby Jammin, if you want some patties, if you want some oxtails with some rice and peas and cabbage. Uh, wow. Uh, the power plant, if you're, uh, if you're trying to watch your figure and be uh, conscious of what you're eating, they got good uh, vegan eats. Uh, uh, Hollywood pie right here on Pico. They, they make a mean uh, Chicago deep dish. It's right here by the stone store, by the stone store over here on Pico. Yes. Mm -hmm. I just, I just put all of you on. Yes. Never it's a uh, sh Chicago, <laughs> Chicago deep dish right here on, uh, mm -hmm. on Pico. It's called Hollywood pie. It's mm -hmm. crazy. Amazing. It's so good. It doesn't compare to Chicago. So don't mm -hmm. go texting me talking about Chewy. Oh my God. It was like subpar. It's mm -hmm. pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. And then of course, Versailles here, if you want to have some Caribbean Latin food for like, you know, some Cuban eats mm -hmm. and then, uh, what else? There's so many, uh, do you know the little Indian store right here? I love the Indian Mart. Yes. When COVID, when COVID yes. kicked into gear and everybody was like, you can't find flour in the stores. You can't find this. The Indian Mart hooked it up. It's right next door to Awash. It's right next door to Awash. And let me tell you a little secret. If anybody's interested, I also have been working on my henna game. Nice. <laughs> you can get little henna pens there. Nice. I can, uh, we'll put that on Ying, but I'm also <laughs> an artist. Yeah. I would like to have And then uh, the most important thing is we're all going to go get Concord grapes in Beverly Hills with no. Yeah. Avocados. Oh, yeah. Yes. We're going to get avocados yeah. in Beverly Hills. You yeah, can start yeah. an email thread. I'll invite all of you. We can do it like, every weekend. <laughs> I'm with that. I'm with that. I'm with that. Okay. Thank you, Julie, so much. Yes. Thank thanks you, to everybody for being part of the Idea Fountain community. I appreciate you so much. And, um, you know, we're all in this together. Thank you. Have a good night. Have a good night. Nice to meet everyone. See you soon, Chewy. Bye. I'll see you. I'm, I'm about to go on my walk. I'll see you right now. Bye. Okay. Bye. I love that episode. So many of my favorite people and my neighbors in one episode. Thanks for listening to the Idea Fountain. I'm Julie Pilot, and I have a challenge for you. Uh, should you choose to accept it? In this episode, you met a bunch of my neighbors, and now it's time to get yours. The Idea Fountain Challenge of the Month. Follow at the Idea Fountain on Instagram and get to know five of your neighbors by October 1st. Life is so much better with community. Ah, if you ever need help, God forbid there's an earthquake in Los Angeles or just the pure joy of walking the neighborhood and knowing people's names. I have a feeling we're going to be home for a minute. Let's make life a little bit better. It's the Idea Fountain Challenge this month. Would love to have you be a part of it. Get to know five of your neighbors. We'll stay in touch online, and I'll see you next month. Thanks so much for listening to the Idea Fountain. I love you with all my heart.